0: Everybody. It is Thursday, August 13th. You are listening to Cue the Banner. And we have a great episode planned for you. Going right into college, we'll have breaking news. Big Ten postpones their season, and we're going to take a look at all the conferences. We have so much to talk about in college football. NBA, huge news. Zero positive tests again, and now we're bringing guests into the bubble. And then we're going to take a look at Grant's NBA picture once again. NFL. They continue to create headlines. We're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football, the NLB. suspension updates for Joe Kelly, the Astros, and our newest hero, Loriano. Mysterious amount of injury injuries. We're going to talk about that as well. Then we're going to do our top five college football players that we loved, that me and the King of Shouldn't Takes loved. We're going to look at fantasy football punishments that we're going to utilize. Plank, hit it. Talking about the fact that you you were in attendance for morning meetings.
1: (laughs) I was. It it was tough to be there, but I fought through it and I did it. And uh, Um, speaking of no, speaking of being tough to be there, it is starting to storm in South Carolina right now, and I am just fighting through it and getting through this podcast. I'm confused. Are you trying to play like a sympathy card, like you're like you're grinding? I mean, I'm just. I'm not trying to say it, but. If that's what you're going to say, then I guess I'll go ahead.
0: All all the listeners know that
1: I'm the grinder. Okay.
0: I'm the grindstone, souls of the earth kid. Like, I'm determined, I'm hardworking. Um, But you were in attendance for morning meetings. That's the big headline that we need to talk about as it pertains to this podcast. (laughs) We talked a lot about our content for the future in morning meetings. So, beyond this episode, um, this episode, Thursday, August 13th, we talked a lot about what we want to do in the future. You want to talk a little bit about what we kind of have plans or, or what we plan to do moving forward?
1: Yeah, we came up with a couple of new, of new segments. Um, I won't give those away right away. Um, but uh, we have talked about doing a couple of different episodes um, with a lot of different guests. We, I know we've been working on getting some guests in line here um, and starting to kind of plan ahead, not just episode by episode, almost kind of plan ahead a couple weeks at a time to get an idea of some different guests and some different episodes to kind of change things up a little bit um we'll still be bringing sports obviously but maybe do like a couple episodes um some college advice i know it's starting to become school season again kids going back to school um so some different things like that um but yeah so it should be some some fun new uh things coming your way yeah I think one of the biggest things
0: one of the biggest takeaways from this meeting or the content moving forward for us is we don't want to be just like every other podcast this is a passion project for us um, we want to do something different we want to know every anybody can go on record their t- takes uh, and read headlines uh, anybody can do that we want to do something different so that was a lot about our interviews moving forward we want to provide something different uh, anybody that we can interview that's different from what everybody else is doing uh, we want to continue to do things like that and, and we're pushing ahead for uh, new guests new ideas and, and we have a great college advice kind of episode planned that should be a lot of fun should be really interesting informational
1: yeah um, for sure might
0: not be great information
1: <laughs> but take it as you we're will do
0: our best to... exactly it'll be creative but speaking of unique guests, uh, shout out Ireland again. <laughs> so we're reaching out uh, to our Irish listener. Uh, well, we don't know that the listener is Irish. We just know that the listener is in Ireland. So we're reaching out. We want uh, we want you, whoever you are out there, to DM us at Cue the Banner. That's correct, right? Yep. Yep. At Cue the Banner, we would love to have you on the show and just talk about um, how this all unfolded. Uh, how did you stumble upon Cue the Banner? So so reach out to us. We'd love to have you on. It would be a lot of fun. I think we have a lot of unique questions.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. It'd be very fun.
0: So I think it would be really cool. So feel free to reach out to us. Um, thank you again, everybody, for listening. Not uh, just um, our <laughs> listeners in, uh, in Ireland. Everybody, thank you. Um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Jumping right into college football, the big news Once again, we've had to switch things up. First of all, once again, we've had to switch things up and bring NCAA sports, primarily college football, to the forefront and lead off with that. But big news Big Ten postpones their season.
1: Do we have to talk about this?
0: I I certainly want to talk about it because one of the most excited, I'm I'm most excited about hearing Ohio State fans complain. I don't wish this uh, upon my worst enemy. This sucks. Um, it sucks if, if you're a fan of one of these teams. It sucks, period, if you're a college football fan because it takes a lot of competitors out of the field. But Ohio State fans, I cannot wait to hear them them crying. I, I'd be lying if I said I cannot
1: wait to hear them. It sucks, man. Crying it, all year. It sucks. It really hurts. I I was very, very, very. I still am very upset.
0: And probably some of the biggest news. Uh, beyond the Big Ten postponing. Even bigger news to come out is other conferences almost immediately step forward and say, we're ready to play. Um, We're organized, maybe not right off the cuff. We might have some more planning to do, but we're ready to play. I don't know if this was a slap in the face of the Big Ten. I don't know if they had this planned all along and the Big Ten just kind of moved away. I'm not sure what to think uh, about all this.
1: I don't... It's still, I mean, there's no, there's still no structure either. So I think that's the thing that just, because nobody knows. I mean, the SEC, ACC, Big 12, they all come out and say that they're going to play, but there still isn't much structure from the very top, um, as in like the NCAA. So it's still, I mean, are they truly going to play? I mean, we don't know. It's, I hope they play. I hope there's still at least some football, I mean, as an Ohio State fan, it will suck Why, having college football and not having Ohio State. But, I mean, obviously being a huge college football fan, um, I want college football in any capacity.
0: Yeah, well, part of the issue I see with with kind of that attitude is, is how are you going to play? And once again, nobody's making a decision. Yeah. Nobody wants to step forward and make a decision. And the nice part about the Big Ten is at this point, at least these players, the Big Ten... Um, the MAC, Mountain West, Pac-12, while postponing, is at least these players know. Right. Uh, at least they kind of have an idea moving forward. And I would venture to say that once the Big Ten had made that announcement and the other conferences stepped forward and say we're going to play, I would think it's very hard to pull them in the other direction. They have their hearts set on playing. They're going to organize. Uh, they have a lot of experts working on this that say there's potential to play. I mean, it would take a lot of work, and it's going to take some some flexibility, but you can play.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, and the thing with the Big Ten postponing uh, at this point,
0: to me, is there should be other options out there, correct?
1: That's the thing. So I've been seeing a lot of – I mean, we saw the the four or five schools from the Big Ten that want to kind of branch out. But um, obviously being an Ohio State fan, I'm seeing a lot of the Ohio State news – You know, you're seeing that the players and 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 Ryan Day are fighting to get out and go to a different conference, play someone, um, but then athletic directors saying no, we're staying in the Big Ten, we're not we're not looking for other options. So it's just going back and forth, and it's one of those things. And I know that that Ryan Day said it um, that they want to have a decision here soon, whether it's we're waiting for the spring, whether we're playing in January. Whatever that is, so that way people like a Justin Fields can, you know, they can figure out what what's going on. Whether that is getting ready for the NFL draft, whatever that might be, they need to know as well, so that they can start getting their plans in check. Um, But I mean, I really hope that they try try for something. But I mean, I don't know. It's tough because will the Big Ten allow them to? break that contract for a year and then go play elsewhere and will someone allow them in so I mean it, it's all just and again there's no structure behind it so it's just all up in the air
0: that should be a big highlighted point about the big ten uh, and teams that wanted to push out to me that's a that's a big thing that might be going on behind closed doors there's a reason that these ads these presidents uh, seem to be a little scared of the big ten yeah I think that the Big Ten stepped up hearing rumors to th- about teams that were ready to push out and find a different way to play football this mm-hmm. season. The Big Ten probably stepped up and said, I, you know what, I'm not sure what they said. I'm not sure what kind of bargaining power they have against big schools like Ohio State and Michigan. We've talked about this in the past. I think if Ohio State and Michigan were to leave the Big Ten for a season, uh, you
1: know, you'd see the, the start of the fall of the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ohio that, State yeah.
0: and Michigan have that power over the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, and, and and that's something too that I was I was talking with like, if I'm the Big Ten, I'm trying to do whatever I can to make the Ohio State's happy, to make the Michigan you know whether if both those schools are willing to play, then we're playing you know because that's our money makers right there the Penn States, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, you know those the big boys up top they're the they're the ones that you should be going behind. Um, but, I mean, they clearly – it just seems like they didn't have anything in plan. They just kind of just said, all right, we're done. We're done dealing with this. We're, we're just going to push it.
0: I just think there were – and looking ahead at all the other conferences, there were so many options. Why, why are we making this decision so soon? Why is the Big Ten right. stepping up? What does the Big Ten know that we don't know? Right. They're already making this decision. Instead of pushing the season back just a month, yeah, and giving yourself a month to plan. If you exactly. cancel it then, you cancel it then. Yeah, why not push it back? See what kind of what happens throughout the country. Period with the virus, and then also see what these campuses can take. Um, and maybe, maybe you watch everybody else start.
2: Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. You yeah. still have
0: time to get a season. You might have less flexibility, and it might be tough with bowl games that probably aren't going to happen. They're not going to happen mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah,
1: no. Uh, but at least you get to play a season that's something too I mean because the Big Ten was supposed to open up it Was Ohio State was opening up September 3rd and a lot of these other conferences aren't, weren't playing till September 26th I think the date was but um, why don't you just push it back to that weekend start around the same time those other conferences are and give you that extra month and then, and then if it comes to September 3rd September 10th and you need to cancel cancel then at least push it back and fight this extra month and try to get something in, in hand. Um, or, again, like you just said, start a week later than the rest of these two weeks later and see, see how they're handling it, how the those first couple of games go for these other teams. It's just... It feels like they just gave up. And I think that's what makes a lot of these fans and these schools so mad. They just gave up, and these players didn't really have too much of a voice in any of this. I just wonder... Uh what's
0: behind all of this uh, I'd be really curious and I think we're going to learn more in the coming days Mm -hmm. about what happened behind this Big Ten decision especially if these schools keep pushing uh, to play I would just be really curious to to know what caused this decision in my opinion uh, too soon
1: yeah yeah
0: I think this is too soon and and this is so interesting because I think if they all decided they were playing If every conference decided they were playing, so the Big Ten doesn't doesn't postpone, Mac doesn't postpone, Mount West, Pac-12, nobody postpones. They all decide they're playing. I I wonder if we'd be saying the
1: opposite. I wonder if we'd be saying, why aren't we doing anything to protect these players? Yeah, yeah. I think it's really easy during a
0: time like this, so unprecedented, to kind of sit on the fence and wait for it. From a journalist standpoint, from our standpoint, it's weird to say journalist – but from our standpoint, it's easy to sit on the fence during something like this and whatever decision is made,
2: we can go against it. But in the end, we all want college football. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, Period. I, I
0: At this point, uh, after everything that's gone down, whether or not it was happening, I just want college football. And it might not be as pretty without the Big Ten, Pac-12, uh,
1: even Maction uh, on Tuesday night. Oh, man. Those were some of the best games right there. Just... And, and, well, we're not, we're not going to get
0: any of it, presumably, but let's talk about the conference plans across the board. We've been talking about the Pac-12, a little bit about the MAC, Big Ten a lot. Um, the AAC, of course I want to talk about the AAC. I think they have an unorthodox but cool idea, eight conference games with the ability to schedule up to four non-conference games at their discretion. Uh, with testing, everything's pretty much the same with testing. In the AAC, I believe it's 72
1: hours. So, I got a uh, quick question. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Let's hear it. Okay, so this just came to me. And this is the the me fight still fighting for Ohio State football. Okay, so instead of joining another conference, these guys in the Big Ten that want to play, what if they became an independent, and I put air quotes around the independent, and play these conferences that are scheduling these non-conference games. So the AAC, schedule some non-conference games. I think was the, was the ACC, I think they had non-conference week. Schedule some teams in the ACC, um, stuff like that. And then they just make a 8-10 to 10 game schedule that way. Well, there's the, here's the problem with that, I think. I would think that the Big Ten is going to, to come forward in a situation like that and say, "Then you're out yeah, like either we get
0: either we get all the revenue or you're out.
1: yeah, I, I mean, I can see that too, but just, I mean, there's a,
0: there's a reason that uh, we saw teams like Ohio State and Michigan back off of this whole. We'll find another conference yeah, they did. For a season.
1: They did idea. They immediately backed off. Everybody was like
0: fighting for all of this stuff. Um, and then immediately they back off. There's a reason for that. The big Ten must have stepped forward and said, Place some kind of restrictions on them. I yeah. really don't have a clue how that would all work.
1: Yeah, I don't Somebody know. There's to, that's that's for someone above us to figure out. You know, all the logistics and the contracts and stuff like that. But there's got to be all something right. that's not allowing these schools to. You have a master's degree in sports management. You. <laughs> I don't have one yet.
0: You. Yeah, that's right. You got to finish your bachelor's first. <laughs> so. Uh, the. A- we just talked about them. they're ready to apparently roll with the addition of Notre Dame yeah. the AAC's been very outspoken about everything basically saying let's do it and uh, the Big 12 delays their start and then nine conference games one non-conference and they have two weeks off and, that, and their uh, schedule of playing
1: time two weeks off see I like that I like that that's kind of how the Big 10 had it before they canceled as well you have a couple open dates um just, you know, if things happen and you need to take a, a week off, a uh, team can't play or something, and it still allows you to have a date in there for a or or so. Yeah, I,
0: um, I, I don't know that I like the, the idea of the Big 12 uh, all that much. I like the idea, the concept of the flexibility, but uh, everybody's rolling with their conference. Everybody's rolling with mm-hmm. what they got. Uh, I kind of like the idea of the ability to schedule a non-conference. Kind of at, at their discretion. It rules out a lot of travel if the team doesn't wish to do that. Right. Uh, and at the same time, if they feel they are prepared or are willing to go out and get an opponent, uh, then make it happen. Mhm. So I kind of like that concept. Uh, the SEC, not a ten. Apologize, ten game conference only schedule. Sun Belt, uh, eight conference ability to schedule for non non-conference. And then, obviously, Big Ten, MAC, Mountain West, and Pac twelve postponed their seasons to allegedly the spring.
1: Yeah, that's not happening. I just not. I, I just don't, you're not, I don't. see
0: how we play a spring season. It
1: you're not going to be able. Is impossible. Yeah, because you're not going to be able to play a eight to ten game uh, season in the spring, and then turn around in the fall and do the exact same, or hopefully play twelve or thirteen games there. And uh, I mean, that's just. I mean, that's impossible. Uh-huh.
0: That's not going to happen. It's too hard logistically, post uh, or during NFL draft time. Yeah. These big, big name players, players that are ready to go, go yeah. uh, to the next level, are going to opt out of that season.
1: Yeah, and, and that play. was something that Ryan Day was saying. Like, you know, there's no way we're going to be able to do a spring season too late into the spring. Like, it's going to have to start in January. And if we're going to do that in January, then why aren't we playing now, basically? Because you know. What's a well, couple? What's a couple extra months gonna do? Exactly. That's
0: the last thing about the spring season is we really don't
1: know. Yeah. If it's gonna be any better, it could be worse. Right.
0: I hope it's not worse. I hope it's a lot better, but we don't know. Yeah. And Which again, we don't know. And those are the big things wrong with the spring concept.
1: And then there was something too. And again, this was what Ryan Day was talking about: is you have these kids in high school that will enroll early to college. You know, they start in January so they can go through spring football with these programs. So what happens will say say Ohio State does play this spring, or the Big Ten in general. Will these incoming freshmen that were early are they gonna be charged two seasons if they played in the spring and fall? Or is that count as one season? You know, it's I mean there's so much I just think it's it'd be bad not to even play in the spring. See, that's just really hard. That's one of those things where I don't think big
0: the think like a school like the Big Ten is willing to stay without playing I don't think they're willing to release that to their players even though the players are smart enough to figure out they've been in the game a long time Uh, they're smart enough to figure out what's going down I think what all of this alludes to though is everybody was clearly unprepared and now they're making panic decisions Uh, they're all backpedaling, they're not sure what to do all the conferences were just terribly prepared and I, I have no idea how you had months to get ahead of
1: this yeah, I mean, just look at the Big Ten, for example, with how much back and forth they went. We had our last week episode on Thursday. They, I mean, it sounded they. That was when they released the schedule. They, we were thinking that there's going to be football, and then before our next episode, which was on Monday, it was canceled, and then Tuesday or on Monday, it was back going again and then on tuesday it cancels and then i mean it's just been back and forth and it's just just pick one at this point
0: i know i almost just want to know even
1: if it's even if it's canceled yeah and they were just all ill prepared it was almost like they kept waiting on something to change Uh, something to change with the virus the
0: pandemic the things to change with the schools i don't know what they were waiting on uh, terrible
1: leadership. Yeah, yeah, to not step forward and start making decisions. Just um, take a take a note out of Adam Silver's book and just <laughs> prepare for the worst. Right. I and mean, I know that they can't follow that the,
0: the NBA what they did with the bubble. It's just not possible with student athletes. But find a way to get something done, even if it's just making a decision and saying,
1: "Hey, we can't play." Yeah, exactly. Just let everyone know. Let them know early. So. Now you need to let them know early enough for these players' futures. Well, and it,
0: we're we keep talking about the Big Ten and how it could have been. It may have been too early. They could have done something differently, but like I said before, at least they made a decision. Yeah, at least these players know now. At least now. they could step forward, make decision. The players know what's happening, uh, and maybe they have time now. These players have time to make different decisions about their possible futures. Yeah, uh, at a Big Ten school. Who knows, but. But that pushes perfect into uh, my next question here. What changes in the NCAA with the Big Ten out? So let's say Big Ten, Pac 12 are out. Uh, what's college football look like? Say everybody else continues to play
2: this season. I mean. I think you take out some big players, especially yeah. in the
1: Big Ten. Yeah, you lose out on a lot of players. Um, and again, personal, a little bit biased, but. With Justin Fields, I mean, obviously he was going to be one of the top contenders for a Heisman, electric player. But um, I think, yeah, yeah, I hope. We don't want him. No, we don't want him. But um, but yeah, I (laughs) mean, there's a lot of players you're missing out on. Um, I think you, as a for team wise, you're you're losing out on a national champion contender at least, Um, and then obviously some other. Great teams with Wisconsin, a Michigan team, you know some 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 blue bloods of college football um, that you're just not going to have this year, so it's going to be a little weird. Um, and I think the Pac-12, it's I mean, I don't know if there was really a true contender there, but um, again, you're missing out on some players, um, and it's also kind of weird because it's because those are the late games, so you may, you're not really seeing those as much. I would say. But um, you're used to a college football Saturday waking up watching a noon Big Ten game, um, and then usually a night game, a Big Ten a, a, a big game that's later in the day, um. So I, th- I think that that will be weird. Just think about the, the Big Ten in general, as far as
0: revenue, fan bases, big time games
1: within yeah. the last two decades. Yeah. I
0: mean, you go up and down, up and down the conference. I
1: mean um, even. You're looking you at, like, the Rutgers Iowa. had some big-time games before the Big Ten. Yeah. I'm not going to give Rutgers any credit at all, but think about just, like, a school that you don't really think
2: about in terms of the Big Ten, um, but they're always involved in a big game. It right. seems like throughout the year, like
1: Illinois or yeah.
0: Minnesota or Nebraska, uh, Purdue,
1: teams that legitimately put up a fight and have kick-ass fantasy. Yeah, that's the thing, and too. good money. I mean, there's... There truly isn't outside like the Rutgers, uh, the Maryland's past couple years, but um, a lot of these Big Ten games are really close. You know, it's always a a, a battle, um, especially when you have to go to certain places, even if it is a smaller um, uh, school. I would say A, a a team that you that isn't necessarily one of the top teams in the conference, but those middle-of-the-pack teams, uh, you know, you don't want to go to their place sometimes. I mean, and let's,
0: let's not take anything away from the Pac-12. I mean, there are some legitimate schools
1: yeah. uh, that were losing with the Pac-12, too. I mean,
0: especially in recent years. Yeah, with Oregon, um, you For have sure. to take Yeah, you have to evaluate Oregon, um, even Oregon State, Stanford, yeah, Stanford uh, Washington, Washington, Washington State, State yeah. of recent years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Arizona, Arizona State. We're talking about so many schools that, once again, a lot of can big be games. involved in some big time games. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, definitely some big, now, some big teams that we're losing out on, which will be I'm weird. I'm a little
0: shell shocked right now, just thinking about when you actually break down the teams that we're going to be missing out on yeah. this
1: year. Yeah. Yeah. Until you actually said those names, it wasn't. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I remember. I mean, on Saturdays, you know, it's about 11 o'clock and you're probably a little drunk and you flip them through their channels and you find a Washington State and an Oregon State game and scores 50 to 50 or something. I feel like, uh, well, I don't feel like, I know
0: that a majority of my college football fantasy players were Pac-12.
1: Scoring points. And everybody
0: knows why it was (laughs) Pac-12. Uh, But a lot of them are Pac-12, and I I miss watching those late-night games. Yeah. I miss watching those late-night games, and hopefully we get college football, period.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: So, big changes, I think, just watching football in general, with the the Big Ten and Pac-12 out. uh, And I I believe, I'm pretty pretty confident in saying that eliminating the the Big Ten, for sure, and then even with the Pac-12, it completely changes... Uh, the dynamic of the top 25 oh, yeah. uh, changes the college football playoff if that were to be played. It changes everything that we know about college football. Uh, with that being said, the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats are winning a national championship. I hope so. Which would be great. Which brings us to our last question to round out this crazy week of college football. Who are you rooting for?
1: All right. So I'm just going to say if there's no Ohio State football this fall, Just to clear that, you know, there's no going back, turning. If somehow Ohio State would play, but so if there's no Ohio State football, let's go Cats, Bearcats by 90. Cats by 90. I fucking love that. Go Bearcats, baby. Trust the (laughs) vest. Exactly. You got a couple Ohio State boys. Got to stay in the state. And you know, I've been to to the Nip a couple times now, and I mean, it's a rowdy place.
0: At night can
1: get fucking crazy. Wow, I'm really excited to hear that. I got a big
0: smile on my face. Good, good. Let Let's look ahead to the NBA. Big news out of the NBA. Well, is it really big news at this point? Zero positive tests again.
1: Yeah, that, I mean it's not. I, I mean that's just. It's kind of the normal now for the for the NBA. It's
0: it. Well, it's our weekly segment of praising Adam
1: Silver. Adam <laughs> yep. Silver,
0: huge listener, big fan of, of the Banner Boys. Adam, you're doing a great job, dude. Phenomenal. I've been using the word phenomenal with you each week. Outstanding. I mean, it's it's remarkable what you've done. It really but, is.
1: But guests are allowed in the bubble. Yeah. Family members and established, established.
0: I like how the NBA put that in the memo. Established personal friends.
1: Yeah, so, um, so all LeBron's buddies are coming.
0: Well, you know why they put established personal
1: friends in there? Because all LeBron's so, friends are established. Well... I don't, I don't think so. I think they put
0: established personal friends in there so so the boys don't call in all the Instagram girls, mm. all the Instagram babes and have them drop in.
1: I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's so, definitely uh, what it is. So
0: a post-negative test, uh, guests are going to be allowed in the bubble. I believe it's four uh, family members or established personal friends. Uh, the personal friends was identified in the memo as you have to know them in person, which <laughs> once again I
1: think <laughs> is them saying, don't bring any Instagram girls in. There's no Tinder That's, girls coming in the bubble yeah, exactly That's Silver saying I like
0: you guys But <laughs> don't push me Um So guests are allowed in the bubble I don't I don't know I, I can see this from both
1: sides Yeah I mean I think you just You just end it with family Um But I think you have to have rules And there might There, there may be I haven't seen I haven't really looked into this too much I'll be honest But um I would say you keep the families somewhere else and at least the families of your team in a different part of the hotel and you can't really interact with them too much because I think you're really going to risk chances of maybe some positive tests coming through and why risk that now when you're starting your playoffs next week? Exactly. Like if it, like I see, once
2: again, I see both sides. Uh, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. But at the same time, Uh, These
1: players, who knows how they're doing emotionally, mental health-wise,
0: without being able to see these people in person. I mean, seeing the sons get announced by their family and their
1: friends, it was remarkable
0: to me how much it influenced them. I guess it's tough to understand uh, from our point of view, the fan point of view what's going on inside that bubble without the fans, without their family, their friends. Uh, yeah. I can understand how that can be really complicated and challenging uh,
1: emotionally. And, I mean, there, so, there's going to be some teams leaving here within the next couple of days. So, I mean, you're going to filter out, you know, probably 100 people, I would say, with with some of these teams leaving. Um, so it's going to be down a little bit, I guess. So maybe you change that in with... Bringing in some families and stuff, so hopefully it w- really works good. out. I
0: like where their yeah. heads at. I like yeah. where Silver's heads at. Like it's time, um, and hopefully they, hopefully this works out. I really hope this works out for them.
2: Yeah.
0: Hopefully they don't bring in any positive tests. They continue to get zero positive tests. Um, this is gonna be this is gonna be challenging, uh,
1: but I really hope it works out for them because these these players deserve it. Yeah. And I'm sure their family and their friends. I want
0: to see these guys play in person. And it would be a really cool atmosphere for them.
1: With knowing him, um, I'm sure he has a great plan in place to keep these tests at zero. I don't think that he would be the one that would mess this up or do something outrageous to uh, bring in fan or uh, to bring in any uh, outside uh, true threats. So I think he's the best one to do it. And there's our our praise for him. Yeah, absolutely.
0: He is the best. He's the best commissioner in any league as far as uh, he should go uh, to the Big Ten, the ACC, the Big 12, <laughs> no the SEC,
1: kidding. and the Pac-12 uh, and just get a quick slap across the face of especially Kevin Warren um, and just take over. Yeah,
0: yeah. That would be nice. But we're going to take a look at Grant's NBA playoff picture I can say playoff picture now pretty yeah. much yeah uh, we're gonna take a look at Grants NBA playoff picture he's gonna burn with the ball again try not to fall asleep uh, <laughs> fast forward like probably
1: a good like seven or eight minutes if I had to guess yeah I mean minutes. it's a little down I'd would I would say court. but okay uh, bring it on yeah so our I think the biggest news for the recap over the weekend for since the last time we talked was Damien uh, Dame time Uh We talked last week about how him and Paul George, Pat Beverly, kind of got into a little argument. Um, He missed two foul shots down one with about 18 seconds left, just if you don't remember that. Um, And since then, he has gone off. Um, And he's put the Blazers in eighth spot of the playoffs. Um, And obviously that's the big spot that everyone's playing for right now, those final two spots in in the West. Um, And since he missed those two foul shots and lost that game, he has scored 56 points per game. He's averaging 7.5 assists. He's shooting 55% uh, on his shots and 44.8% from three-point arc. He is at a 97.1 foul shot percentage. He scored 40 points in the fourth quarter, so in two fourth quarters and the Blazers are 2-0 and and like I said, they are in that 8th spot right now as we are talking on Sunday night um, but uh, I mean, I think that's probably the biggest story from since we last talked um, and then the second biggest is the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker uh, he's still consistently scoring 30 plus a game and the Suns are undefeated and they are also making a very strong push For that last uh, spot in the in the West, Um, and really the final two spots, so they can play in that play-in game on Saturday, this Saturday. Um, So, which which I think would be very fitting with how this bubble has gone to put to have the Blazers and Suns play for that final spot. Uh, I'd say probably the two hottest teams right now in the bubble. Uh, At least the two hottest players this week And uh, I think that would just be a very, very fun matchup To see who makes it into the actual playoffs Um, And speaking of Kind of the opposite end of playing very well And being undefeated in the bubble uh, The Washington Wizards Um, We didn't didn't talk about these guys last week um, Or I guess at the beginning of this week But they are winless in the bubble And they were in 8th place Going into the bubble in the East and they actually eliminated themselves um, Which allowed the East to be wrapped up. Um, We we have those seeds all set and we are ready to go but um, Yeah, they are winless and I mean, that's just tough You're you go into the bubble having a decent lead and you kind of just blew it but um, Other than that a little bit of recap again still over the weekend Giannis headbutted a guy last night. Um, actually, on uh, Wednesday night, um, he headbutted and got a game suspension, which won't really affect the team. They play one more game, and that's just—I mean—they've already locked up the the top seed in the East, um, so they, it's not really going to affect them too much. A little bit of a break. I'm sure he was probably going to sit anyways. Because of the playoffs coming up, rest him a little bit. Um, And then the NBA as a whole, they are going to be having some all-bubble teams, which I thought was cool because we've talked before in previous episodes kind of about how this is almost like an AAU tournament type feel for these players um, and kind of going along with tournament uh, type, having an all-tournament or an all-bubble team. Um, Obviously, we're going to have Devin Booker and and game time on there but um, I think that's a cool addition again Adam Silver killing it Um, and then there still are some very intriguing matchups for these last games that are being played today and tomorrow Um, so we have there's two matchups that I think are are really interesting and that is the Mavs and Suns that are going to play today at 4pm um, and that will be a very big indicator of that last spot. The Mavs are already in, so they could be resting a couple guys, um, and that could leave the Suns to a little more e- easier chance of a, of a win there and, again, push them into that ninth spot uh, for a chance to play in that play-in game. And then the other game will actually follow that game today at 630 and that is the Jazz versus the Spurs. And again, um, Spurs are fighting for that ninth uh, spot, and the Jazz are already in. So we may be able to see a couple guys resting for the Jazz. Spurs might get a chance to make a little bit of a tiebreaker for that ninth spot. Um, so, so those are the, the games kind of look forward to today, um, and looking ahead for playoffs. Uh, we'll start with the Eastern Conference because that is already locked up. Those seeds are all set. Uh, we'll have the Bucks and the Magic. Um, I think that's going to be, obviously, it's one versus eight. Easy one for the Bucks. Bucs. Um, I mean, with Giannis, I don't think anyone's really going to get in the way um, in terms of the Magic. Um, then with the two versus seven, we'll have the Raptors and the Nets. Um, I think that would be a little better of a series, but... I mean, the Raptors are playing pretty well right now in the bubble, starting to get a little hot. So, um, might see the Nets steal a game or two in that series. But, um, at the end of that, we'll have the Raptors moving on. Um, Then uh, a series that's kind of intriguing for me, uh, it's three and the six seed with the Celtics and the 76ers. Um, I think a lot of that's going to depend on if Embiid and Simmons can get healthy and play for the 76ers. Um, I think I, that's always a fun. I think those are the two teams kind of a little younger that people have really been looking forward to seeing these past couple years. Um, and now we get to see them in a playoff matchup. Um, and we all know that the Philly and Boston, kind of the rivalry there. Um, so I think that's a very fun series to look look forward to. Um, and then our final, the four and five. This is going to be the best matchup, maybe of the whole playoffs, uh, with the Heat and the Pacers. Um, I think that they it's a real good matchup. I mean, obviously with being the four and five, they're very close in records. Um, and then the big reason is Jimmy Butler and T. J. Warren. Uh, they hate each other. Um, they go at each other every time they play. Get into it. So I can only imagine what that will be like in a playoff series where it's a little more intense. Um, And then obviously I think they just match up together very well. So I think that's going to be a very fun series to watch. Uh, That might be one of the best series that we'll see in in the entire playoffs. And then moving into the West, uh, we have the Lakers obviously. We found that out couple weeks ago a week ago that they were going to be the one seed and they are obviously awaiting that 8-9 and play-in game Um, I think that's very the Lakers are going to move on either way but if we see Portland in that I think that's a pretty fun matchup just because of how well um, they have been playing Um, same for the Suns I think the Suns won't match up as well as Portland but we will I mean it'll at least be fun kind of see some hot teams play the Lakers. Um, and then there's actually, with the two seed, um, there's actually a game being played tonight, which is Sunday night, and that's the Clippers versus Denver. The two seed is technically still open. Denver could jump the Clippers, um, take that away from them. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously, when you are listening to this, you already know the outcome of that. Um, and then the winner... Whoever that is will be taking on Dallas. Again, Dallas is kind of hot right now with Luka playing good, but I don't think that they will match up too well with either of those teams. Um, one series that we do have set already is the 4-5. and five. Um, That is the Rockets and the Thunder. Um, kind of, you know, with, with uh, Westbrook kind of going back. He's with the, uh, the Rockets now, so we'll see... How that works. Um, I think that's going to be a fun matchup. um, But I think the Rockets will ultimately. Kind of just run away with that. I'm not sure how well. OKC can match up with them. And and run with them. With their kind of offense. But other than that. um, Playoffs are starting. We got. Some teams have a game left. Some have two. But by Friday. We will be wrapped up. With the regular season of the NBA. And. We'll have the playing game on Saturday and and potentially Sunday if the nine seed would win. So uh, we got playoffs start next week um, and should be very fun. I think these are going to be some fun playoffs, especially with kind of how the bubble's going on right now.
0: So let's let's all pause here and uh, give the King of Shitty Takes a round of applause. Thank you. Uh, That was phenomenal. Does a lot of research uh, with the NBA and. I love to take. I love listening to it. I had time to go fill up my car with gas, and I got back in time
1: uh, to keep recording. That was awesome, man. I try. I try. And we're all caught up with the NBA. I and don't again, want to hear anything else? And again, uh, why don't you, I'm fighting through um, a storm here in South Carolina, so yeah. It's. Um,
0: I hate that you're creating this storyline for yourself. <laughs> uh, that's my job. Take a little break sure you finish that beer of yours um, Grant, we'll talk about the NFL so breaking news out of the NFL pretty much just as we started recording uh, which is great uh, from for, for many different reasons, number one there's not much coming out of the NFL so we're uh, digging for headlines just like everybody else in the media if you go to any, if you're reading anything about the NFL, just chasing headlines looking for something uh, to write about but breaking news as as we were recording, the NFL released its latest COVID testing numbers late Wednesday. So, among the nearly one hundred ten thousand NFL players, coaches, and staff members,
1: less than half of percent tested positive. There's going to be which football, is,
0: which is phenomenal. It, but this is this is the big takeaway. Uh, they get to move forward with their testing protocol. Mm-hmm. So if you recall, they had planned to move testing out to every other day. If positive results stayed under five percent, uh, they're obviously way under. For just oh, yeah. players alone, it's just under one percent. I believe it's uh, the numbers around point eight percent for just awesome. players positive tests. This is this is uh, remarkable to me because they're together. There's obviously a little bit of seclusion going mm-hmm. on with position groups uh, and I think there's a lot of policies in place so that they're not constantly in contact with each other but this is remarkable because I would think that if there's any positive test there should be nearly nearly, nearly 100 of them yeah. uh, within the organization but somehow they're
1: finding a way to control this and Yeah, so, this is awesome This is not, not at all what I had
0: expected out of the NFL but it's happening
1: Yeah, and I, and I mean I, I I've seen some teams that are doing kind of the defense practices at this time, offense practices this time. So there has been maybe a little bit of the seclusion part. But, um, I mean, this is it's remarkable that their tests are like this. Uh, you know, it's at, there's going to be football. I, I mean, unless something drastic changes, there's, there's football. Yeah, we're
0: finding a way uh, to make football happen. Yeah, I love the, I love seeing the the positive test rate be so low across the board for coaches, staff members. We don't want anybody dealing with this, but it's really exciting for football. Uh, and despite the fact that Roger Goodell was way behind on everything that happened, uh, we're getting it done. Yeah. We're
1: gonna play
0: football. It sounds like. Yeah. And thank I'd... goodness for this
1: headline because yeah. there ain't <laughs> shit to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, there's no, there's, nothing. there's not not much we has keep, changed other than not, we keep, that report obviously. Exactly,
0: we could go down to the nitty gritty uh, and talk about individual player changes, depth charts. I guess we could talk about um, different things that are going on throughout individual camps. I'm not sure that any of our listeners would be interested in hearing mm-hmm. that. We want to get you the. We talked about this from day one. The important headlines. Um, the important ones and the ones that we think are worth talking about, the ones that you're going to hear about uh, throughout your day. And hopefully we can give you some good takes, but the NFL, not a lot going on.
1: No, I do have uh, one question for you about, well, I would love to hear it. So, so we've talked before about these guys that were opting out because, because of COVID, obviously. Um, and I, I heard this question today and I think it's actually a pretty good one. And it, brings up a little bit of a debate um so the patriots obviously had a lot of guys opt out um and this is kind of the year that patriots everyone's saying oh they're having a down year all that who knows uh but my question if tom brady is still with the patriots he's still the quarterback for the patriots do this many guys opt out for the patriots this is the
0: question that goes much deeper than just COVID. This is a question for the Patriots uh, organization for the last nearly 20 years. Yeah. Who, who runs the ship? Yeah. Who's captain of the ship over there in that organization? There are three big names that you hear uh, within the Patriots organization or that you did hear within the Patriots organization. So I really like this question. This is completely off the cuff. I I believe that we would have the same numbers you think so of guys opting out I really don't know that Brady was holding together everyone like we may have
1: thought he was no I think. so I think it's more so because they know that they're gonna be good I mean they're gonna be in the playoffs um are, are some guys maybe opting out just because they know it's not going to be a great year
0: well that I didn't think of it this way. I didn't think of it from that perspective. I more thought of it uh, as kind of holding the unit together. But uh, that's definitely it the could perspective be both. you were Yeah, about.
1: it could be it's both. The
0: op- yeah, it's the opposite one. But, oh, this is a tough question to spring up. Well, number one, I think what held all these guys together, what held this unit, this New England, New England Patriots um, dynasty, I'm going to call it. It was a dynasty together is not just Brady not just Belichick um,
1: it was them together it was like yeah. everybody as a unit like it,
0: you didn't hear one name without nine others Right. it, it wasn't just Tom Brady like it was them together um, this, this is so interesting to me this is a good question Yeah, it's. I think the numbers stay the same I think the numbers stay the same with the Patriots
1: I um, think it's a little less.
0: If, if Brady's there or not,
1: I think it's a little less, but not by much. Um, I think there might be a couple guys that you know maybe they at least think about it more. They at least kind of go back and forth a couple extra times on if they want to come or not. Um, but I think there are reasons for these players that opted out. If you're looking at them, comparing their, their past
0: situation to now in terms of playing and success. Yeah. I think you'd be just excited about uh, Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, that's, even yeah. If, even
0: if it's, even if, we've talked about this in the past, even if he's not QB1, even if they're going to rotate some guys out, even if he's not prepared to handle this offense or prepared physically to handle anything. Uh, and you'd
1: like to think that he is a locker room guy that kind of holds mm-hmm. uh, everybody together. He's got that, just he that ha- attitude. He has been in the past. So...
0: I don't think much changes. I don't know that Tom Brady had that much influence yeah. over the guys that were opting out.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Again, I don't think much changes. There might be a couple, but I think it's a really cool question. It's an interesting question.
0: Yeah, no, that was a fantastic question. I'm not sure that I have an answer. I'm not sure that anybody has an answer. And right. obviously those guys that opted out aren't yeah. the same thing about Right. Influence. maybe they will but that's all we have for you in the NFL pushing forward to the MLB I'd say the biggest news all day that we kept getting updates about suspension updates so we talked about Lariano and uh, the A-center fiel- the A-center fielder who just ran into the dugout uh, spikes up ready to roll ready to rumble <laughs> he gets six games he gets a suspension six games was the final number on that am I correct?
1: yeah that's the last I saw it at least 6 games yeah. seems like it changed I saw different numbers I, all day I did see 5 at one point so uh, the, the, the biggest change
0: uh, or I guess the biggest news out of that particular fight is the Astros coach yes uh, this low life scumbag who was egging the fight on uh, and then hides behind his boys
1: he got 20 games which and is appropriate that's a run of applause because they finally got one of these right yeah that's embarrassing for the Astros organization. Oh, it's Embarrassing yeah. for that coach. Yeah, uh, I cannot believe that kind of behavior.
0: I, 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 if it was anybody else besides the Astros, I would say I get it. I would say like sometimes <laughs> you get caught up in the game. Uh, still, you're still a coach. You yeah,
1: you still. That, yeah, I would find a way to
0: kind of um, give the guy a little credit. No, not on the Astros. You shouldn't no. be expecting this dude. Yep. Uh, and you're the Astros hitting coach.
1: <laughs> of all Which is people the most
0: emb- <laughs> probably the most embarrassing job in baseball right now <laughs>
1: yep
0: besides the poor schmuck that don't have a job anymore the trash can banger <laughs> so that sucks like or the, the cameraman in center field
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean in the 20 games that that's harsh because they're what they're getting they're, they're getting close to 20 games into the season they're about 15 to 20 if I'm correct and I mean, I mean it's, a, it's a third of the season yeah probably. and I mean, by the time you come back, the, with the way the Astros are playing, they're gonna be done. Exactly. This is a
0: harsh, harsh punishment, and what this says, what I would assume, uh, Manfred uh, and the league are saying through this suspension is we're not gonna tolerate the Astros
1: kind of bringing like, the fights yeah uh, to the forefront. We're not gonna don't tolerate play that card where fight. where it was all the it was all the A's like don't. Don't put that on them.
0: Exactly. It's this idea that everybody wants to fight you. Why are you asking for the fights?
1: They can't get away with this
0: it. Is, this, yeah, exactly. This is a harsh punishment on this coach.
1: Yeah. Think about it in terms of a 162-game season. This is 50-plus games. Yeah. That's a
0: hardcore suspension. Yeah, that's
1: awesome. Uh, it's, it's well-deserved. It's deserved, yeah. It definitely.
0: What a scumbag. Yeah. Uh, and then we see Joe Kelly's suspension yeah. reduced. Good. Again,
1: they're they're doing it. it. It's, it's like
0: Manfred sees all the clout that Adam Silver gets. Yeah. Uh, Manfred, another big. He listens. Of ours. Yeah, he, he listens
1: and hears us praise. He lo- He gets
0: upset that we love Silver
1: so yeah, much and we exactly. don't necessarily love him. Exactly. Uh, Manfred, though, if you are listening, we'd love to have you on to
0: discuss this uh, this coach and what went down. I would love to hear what this coach had to say. Seems like a real hothead. Yeah, he seems like a uh, douchebag. To be fighting players like that. But uh, Joe Kelly's suspension is reduced, which was awesome. It was awesome to see. Yeah.
1: Uh, He should be good to go now. Am am I wrong about that, or is he close? He's got to be. That was like a week ago, right? He's got. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be back. Because he got uh, got reduced to what five games, correct? Yes. Yeah. So so he's got to be back. So good for him.
0: Uh, he's a hero, and he gets off a little easier.
1: Yeah. Good. Good. Good.
0: Um, the next thing I want to talk about in the MLB is I could be wrong about this. It could be just because I'm, you know, I'm a big-time journalist now. <laughs> seems like there's a lot of injuries floating around the MLB. It does. Uh, seems like there's a lot of pitchers, but there's just a lot of injuries, period, I feel like.
1: Yeah. A lot of- I mean...
0: Yeah, listeners, or even the king of shitty takes, tell me if I'm wrong.
1: But no, I think there is, and it's it I mean, it, it, it is a lot of, of pitchers too. They, and I think the pitching uh,
0: it takes a long time for these guys to get, um, uh, you know, rolling, right? Uh, get things going.
1: They're used to a monkey of spring a, training.
0: There's a reason that these pitchers are coming down with some, some injuries. Um, a lot of them from what I see are mobility issues I've seen I feel like I've seen a lot more mobility issues coming off than
1: the mountain years past and... yeah yeah
0: um people people that are struggling with uh you know groin issues I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of this
1: mm-hmm yeah it's and I mean it sucks cause with already having people not playing because of COVID reasons um you some teams are losing out on their top players. And, it I mean, in a shortened season like this, I mean, we've said this before, it you know, you want everyone in there for those full 60 games.
0: I think it's really challenging for these guys to get going. Not only was everything hastily scrambled together, right. uh, the summer leagues uh, didn't seem like these guys had enough time. They definitely didn't have nearly as much time as they normally do. So we're seeing right. the kinks kind of worked out live here. There's obviously some guys that are ready to go, uh, but these guys, the, the players that sometimes take uh, some time during spring training, they're obviously having issues or guys that were already dealing with previous injuries, they're starting to flare up. I don't know if it's ill-prepared time or maybe they weren't expecting to get going. I'm not sure. We, we, we don't want anybody to come down with some injuries, uh, especially ones that are going to harm their careers, but Definitely seems like right. there's a lot more injuries
1: than there has been yeah. in the past. Yeah, it be. I'd wonder to see if how much work. I mean, and I know these guys are in the in the MLB, so they're. I mean, they're hard workers and everything. But I mean, these guys that were that are getting injured, what were they doing during or during COVID, during the quarantine, um, compared to what some of these guys that haven't been injured yet or. Not getting injured. What they were doing, you know, how much things were different. Cause some of these guys, they might need that that training facility to, you know, help stay healthy on the off days um, while they're working out. Especially when they're on their own, trying to find stuff to do while they're at home. Well,
0: it's honestly a great point. You gotta wonder how much their off-season plans had changed. Yeah, these guys obviously. They find a way to get stuff done. They're major leaguers. They're big leaguers for a reason. They're major league pitchers for a reason. Right. Uh, across the board, they find a way to put in the work uh, and get better each off season. So you got to wonder how all that changed uh, with the pandemic going on. It definitely had to have had an impact. Yeah. They probably had to make other arrangements. The majority of them train in kind of these team environments or with somebody at a facility. I mean, they don't have facilities in their backyards. Right. So this changed. Uh, That's a great point.
1: And I mean,
0: that could play a major role in these injuries that we're seeing.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, because they did start their spring training back in February, um, March. Uh, So, I mean, they were there for probably about a month, a little more, um, if I'm not wrong. But um, as you know, as I know, when you're preparing for your season, you're you're preparing obviously to get to spring training or you're preparing to get to those first practices and those, that training leading up to those first practices is specific to getting ready to start. So they, they were training to start, they started spring training, did that for a month and then they had to go home and they weren't sure when they were going to start. So it's probably tough to kind of plan for, especially these pitchers. I mean, should you be throwing a, a 90 pitch like a, a game type to kind of prepare as you're still pitching or you just throw in maybe 30 pitches like it I mean they they didn't have any answers at the time they they weren't sure so it was probably tough to train that in that regard Well, it's
0: another great point and you got to wonder if maybe the gap
1: in time coming from spring training then back to this right. as they're going it summer league you would get ramped up Yeah, you're kind of ready to go come spring training, and
0: then okay, it's time to cool down. We don't even know if we're gonna go. Yeah. So how does that cool down process work? That plays a major role as well. You just don't know when you're going, and then you're expected to get going right away after you already spark things
1: up. Kind of push everything quickly in that week or two before when they were told, you know, be to your 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 city on July 1st. You know, they had to quickly get everything together and like. Oh shit! We start in two weeks or a week. It's
0: an un, it's an unprecedented training window. Yeah. Getting ready for a season and then waiting for the season to start. Yeah. Like, what do you? I'm not sure even where to begin with what to do. Right. Uh, during that time period. Yeah. Not sure that they. I'm not sure that any of them knew what to do. I mean, no.
1: Yeah. I'm sure they didn't.
0: Um. They probably had to get plans from the top. The things designed for them, and that's. Not good enough in this case obviously we have a lot of injuries or guys dealing with things that are affecting their play
1: right yeah yeah definitely
0: so kind of speaking of these these facilities where people are working out um, in the offseason two young guys <laughs> that are involved pretty heavy in offseason facilities put in a lot of work some grinders and some well-known guys if you're a big MLB fan. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the situation in Cleveland?
1: Yeah, I guess. So, um, as we talked about before, the Indians have a great staff this year. Um, it's one of the best in the major league. Um, Take it easy. And it's mainly because, I wouldn't say mainly, uh, Shane is obviously their, their their ace, but right behind him is Mike Clevenger, and then not too far behind him is Zach Plesak. And, um... This past weekend, the Indians played in Chicago against the White Sox. Um, Plesak pitched a great game on Saturday night. Um, And then um, as a young guy who pitched a great game, he wanted to go out and grab a couple drinks with his buddies. Must have some friends in Chicago. Um, And the report started coming out. You know, we started seeing it as Indians fans, as baseball fans, and um, he ended up going out. He broke team rules, league rules, going out having some drinks at a club. Um, Indians found out about it, and I would say they handled it pretty well, um, as well as they could have. Um, They had, they instantly called a team meeting, sent him home. They actually got him a rental car, sent him back to Cleveland before the game. Um, on Sunday, so on Sunday morning, he had a drive from Chicago to Cleveland um, to start quarantining and um, kind of as a punishment, drive back, so whatever, um, the Indians, they moved on, they played Sunday night, um, and then they flew back to Cleveland and off day on Monday, and um, flew back late Sunday night um, with... Mike Clevenger, you know, he was scheduled to pitch Tuesday against the Cubs in Cleveland and on Monday it came out that Mike Clevenger was also in the group with Zach Plesak having a couple drinks after the game Saturday night Um, so obviously that's a huge kind of find in the story because Clevenger never said anything during these team meetings and from a re- couple reports, he was actually kind of sticking up for Plesiac. um Kind of saying, I'm not 100% sure, but kind of saying, you know, it's not a huge deal. He, he shouldn't be punished this bad. Um, and then finds out he flew home. He had not only stayed with the team for Sunday, flew home with the team Sunday night. And then Monday morning was found out and he was uh, sent home to start his quarantine period. Um, and um, the Indians, they have not been very happy with this. The rest of the players on the team, uh, management, owners, all that, um, not very happy with these two, especially Clevenger in this situation. Um, but I know they've had a couple team meetings so far, and um, they've, they started to play well against Chicago, and now when they're, they're actually playing the Cubs now, And they've actually been playing pretty bad these past two days. Um, And I know a couple players, they came out and they said they they weren't blaming it on that, on what happened. But they were saying that it's a very big distraction, which it it obviously is for a team.
0: There was a lot said in that clubhouse. Yeah. There there was a lot lot of comments that came out of a lot of big names for Cleveland that are basically um, saying... This is a major problem. This is embarrassing for our organization. Yeah. These guys know what they did. It's a, it, it's affecting uh, our trust levels for these guys, for these two individuals. Uh, and my biggest question is, uh, what did Clevenger say and do? What did – I mean, if you go out <laughs> with a guy, you see him get sent home. Yeah. In that In that team meeting, are you standing up and you're like, hey, guys, it's not that big of a deal, right? Right. right? It's not a yeah. big deal. And they're – you know, they're like – would you fucking go out with him, bud? And obviously he did. And then what are you hiding on the plane? Yeah. You're like, damn, I don't want to drive my, I don't want to drive a rental car back. So I'm not going to say a word. And then what goes down when you find out? I think Clevenger's. Um, I would say he's, should be worse than, yeah, action. yeah.
1: I think so as well. Because
0: he had to have lied about it yeah. or hid it. If you saw your buddy go down for the same thing you were doing, you're like, well. I'm not going to step forward now. I'm not going to be a man about it. Uh, and I think that's exactly what this clubhouse is trying to say. We don't trust these guys. Yeah,
2: yeah. Definitely. Uh, not
0: only did they break the rules, and I'm sure please Act and Clevenger both had to go around a significant amount of barriers to yeah. go out. Yeah. So this was an orchestrated thing. They they go out and to um, find a way around all these protocols and break the rules. That's a major thing in a clubhouse. I mean, that <laughs> really affects your team chemistry, especially with two major players. Uh, and two, and not just that—not that—not that not that, not just that they're great pitchers. Um, if you watch these two throw, even if you just watch them interacting in the dugout, they're very clearly the leaders and the energy that they bring. Yeah, yeah, they're Cleveter definitely some good clubhouse two guys. high energy guys. Yeah,
1: yeah. Team kind of um, feeds off them. Huh?
0: And you cannot take away the fact that they're going to give you two quality starts.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: two quality starts every couple of days. Yeah. Um, and both of them kind of stars um, that are rising. They're they're very good. They're solid pitchers. Uh, but they're going to continue to get better. That's the biggest thing. Now you just kind of ruin your reputation within an organization.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so we've kind of been around we've been around baseball our, our whole lives we've been in some some bigger clubhouses bigger uh, dugouts than most i would say um you know a guy goes out on a friday before a game on saturday or you know you got early morning workouts or something you got you got a, a teammate drinking
1: um you know how do we handle it it's just it's something to um when we kind of were seeing it early in our careers it was kind of like you know we didn't have that voice yet I don't think um but then when we did start getting that voice and you still see people doing it it's it's frustrating because you're getting up and you're grinding you know you're taking care of your body the best you can I mean granted it wasn't like we were in the MLB um a high division one division two but um you know, it's, you're still grinding. You're still working towards a common goal. And when you got people that are not on board with that and they're just going to hold you back, it, it's frustrating.
0: There's a distrust. There's a level of distrust. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're not necessarily outspoken about it. Uh, nobody is really talking about it out loud.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But you all in the back of your minds are thinking it. It's like we are not going to do this. Um, they should not be doing this. It's disrespectful to us. It's disrespectful to the organization. It's disrespectful to our coaches that you're not giving everything that you got. Um, you clearly set yourself up for failure among your teammates. Yeah. Uh, in this situation. Yep. Uh, the guys don't trust you, and then all of a sudden you got guys talking behind other guys' backs. Uh, it's no good. It's terrible for a clubhouse environment, especially a team like. Cleveland, that in years past takes a second to get things going.
1: Yeah, once they get going, and they are right now rock solid. Yeah, you know, we talked about this in the past. It's a sixty-game sprint. Cleveland needs to get on the roll early. It yeah, seemed
0: like they were starting to.
1: Yeah, they just started kind of because there's. I mean, they've been struggling. Um, started to get a little hot there in the White Sox series, and then now they past two nights. They've they they've struggled.
0: It takes a situation like this to disrupt.
1: Yeah. Um, ground gained i a 60-game sprint. And like
0: my thing. Uh, and let's let's not ignore the fact that taking away these guys' starts uh, could seriously have an impact on a season, because you're talking about taking away quality starts yeah. out of pitchers that uh, more than likely are getting you some wins.
1: Yeah. At and least now we're going to come the game
0: season. That's going to be likely within three games.
1: Yeah. Of the playoffs, make or break. And they're going to miss a start or two each. So there's three or four games. Two, two to four games.
0: This is a situation that we're going to continue to hear about with comments uh,
1: mm-hmm. from
0: players. They're all going to be asked about it. They're all going to make their comments, and a lot of them already have. And it's very clear uh, that one, they don't trust these guys. Two, they're not going to tolerate it. Uh, and with that, we talked about this in Monday's episode. I think it's great that Cleveland stepped forward and they're setting the tone,
1: saying yeah. we are not going to tolerate this like St. definitely yeah. Miami did. Yeah, they're definitely, you know, taking care of it the right way. This is
0: not something that they had to hand out punishments from the top yeah. for, necessarily. It could have been a slap on the wrist, but uh, they're taking and care of it and setting the tone, which is a big deal.
1: I just don't get, you know, I mean, he had a great start Saturday night, so I understand wanting to have a couple beers, but why couldn't you just... Go get a 12 pack and go sit in your room with Clevenger or something. You know why couldn't? Why'd you have to go out? I I, I don't I, just, I don't get that.
0: There's something going on. There's there's gotta be more to it. Uh, maybe it sounds like they kind of had these plans beforehand.
1: Yeah, and it's probably those two are the ones that know. And
0: yeah, exactly. And I don't know that whoever we'll really learned too much about that specific specific situation. Yeah. But, uh, nevertheless, those punishments were handed down, and we talked about how we're going to handle it. Um, I have, I'm, I'm looking forward to these comments coming out of Cleveland's clubhouse uh, for the next coming couple days. And then, obviously, to see how Clevenger and act both respond. This is going to impact their careers. Uh, it could potentially impact their careers in Cleveland. Yeah,
1: yeah. With the organization, you, you,
0: you lose a reputation there. Uh, but with positive tests... Um, in St. Louis
1: We don't have to talk about it anymore they're, they're doing it
0: No no positive tests in St. Louis Which is great to hear for that organization Despite the fact that they handled everything horribly That was brutal I mean it was a brutal display of how to handle an outbreak How to handle COVID How to handle a protocol uh, But no positive tests. good for them
1: Yeah uh, I mean it's good to see Hopefully we can start seeing them play some baseball and continue to play baseball not just for yeah. a series
0: yeah so they're way fucking behind
1: yeah um, good luck
0: yeah, what is it 6 built in off days which are gone now good you luck you got that
1: gone with, uh, you got to play some double headers 12
0: extra 15 extra
1: games yeah they're they're going to be playing some double headers for yeah, a while yeah they
0: do the old softball triple header <laughs> yeah for a few days. I mean, that's what, this is going to be a struggle. I oh, don't yeah. know what's going to go down with that. But Speaking we of pitching, it up, no positive test in St. Louis. Uh, frankly, I'm tired of talking about St. Louis and how bad uh, everything went over <laughs> there with the outbreak and being able to handle it within their organization.
1: Yeah, that, that was sad to see. So,
0: lastly, in the MLB, uh, a little bit of bubble talk for the postseason, which is a great idea. Why not? Um, the MLB bubble, by the way, would be
1: fucking hilarious., I don't know how I feel about that because well
0: why? wait,
1: why? Because I in my opinion, if you make it to the postseason, just keep going. Don't try to I mean, I understand the bubble, but okay, I get that. Will it I mean, is it gonna affect? are we gonna have to take a week off, two weeks off to prepare for this? How's that? I mean, just just keep going, just just keep doing it. Here's the de- here's the thing with that is if
0: we kept doing it the way they were and we continue to get like an outbreak every couple weeks if there's an outbreak in yeah. playoff time and then a team has to advance you hold back the entire playoffs yeah I so get that yeah World Series um, I like the bubble concept for the MLB not just because I think it brings out a lot of really unique headlines because yeah. baseball players uh, are outrageous but I think it it protects. The idea of the postseason remaining the same. Yeah. So once you get all those those tests, none of them should change in theory. They should all maintain negative after we've seen what the NBA can do, uh, and everything should should stay the same, and you should be able to finish the season. I think if you continue the way that we are continuing, and we continue to get outbreaks every couple of weeks or every couple of days, that happens. Come playoff time, we push back the entire World Series.
1: Yeah, that's true. It is. I get that. But
0: it it's just interesting. Uh, there's not a ton of talk about it. There's just brief rumors, no real comments, no real news. But hopefully they can work out something like this or at least protect the postseason,
1: even if it's not a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I obviously still want to see a postseason. So, again, take do whatever it takes to get that. Yeah,
0: let's let's find a way to get everything done that we need to, so we can continue to play baseball. Yeah, um, it's amazing to see where we've come from. It seems like uh, just yesterday we were talking about we need we might need to cancel the season because <laughs> of what happened in Miami. Right, but we're on a roll here, uh, especially with no positive tests in St. Louis. That's all we have for you in the MLB. That's all we have for you for sports headlines. We're jumping into segments now. I really look forward to segments. They are fun. Once we kind of get done with our headlines and stuff, I'm like, yeah, like this is going to be fun. It's time Especially to mess around. Of the, end of the episodes here.
1: Yeah, it's time to mess around.
0: Uh, we have two segments here. Um, not necessarily very long segments, but I think they're exciting. So this first segment comes to us from a listener. A listener kind of wanted to hear our top five college players, uh, period. They just wanted to hear our top five college players. We spin-zoned it because uh, we think it will be more fun to talk about the top five college players that we we're excited by, that we loved. Um, just those players that are really memorable, not necessarily the best players. Uh, and in my case, these guys aren't the best players. Um, a couple of them might be in my top five of all time, but very few. So these are just these players that are memorable. They were exciting players that you will never forget in college football so he spins on it a little bit shout out to that listener though for a great idea uh let's take the time just for a second uh any listeners if you have any ideas tweet us at cue the banter that's right tweet us at Q the banner with any ideas and for next monday's episode tweet us any question any question about absolutely anything tweet it at us we'll answer it on the air let's go to the top five college players that we love that were memorable uh Grant, start us off here with number one. All right, oh, so, I should also add, Yes. we decided that we are not going to allow any more than one player from our favorite team, so this made it really hard, because I would have went all five players from the University of Cincinnati, and I bet Grant would have went all five players from the Ohio State University. That's right. So this made it really, really challenging for us, but it was, it was fun. It was fun doing it. So go to your number one.
1: All right, so my number one is probably my favorite college football player of all time um, he was wow. just so electric to watch and he's not even he didn't even play for Ohio State and that is Johnny Manziel I knew that was coming he was one of my favorites I was huge I loved him I loved him when the Browns got him but then obviously some things started going downhill uh, don't, but talk about, don't talk about their NFL careers don't talk about professional careers that's yeah it's just we're I all players. he was an electric college um, athlete um, and he I mean he was the guy for a watch, for so a couple of years, to watch. he was—I mean, he was 19 years old, and he was like the king of the world. He was 20 years Absolutely. old, or whatever. Absolutely, electric on the sidelines, yeah. off the field, um, at parties too. I mean, he <laughs> yeah. was just that guy. Yeah. He was that guy that we
0: heard everything about. I'll start with my number one. Um, I was worried you were going to go with your Ohio State player first.
1: I'm going to save that play. for the end. I'm going to save him for the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so mine is the complete opposite. Mine's the complete opposite of Johnny Manziel. He's not even a player that I don't. I, I don't know that most um, college football fans would rec- recall right off the right off the bat. Major college football fans will uh, because of what he did with ESPN. But Barrett Jones, Alabama guard, two thousand um, eight to twenty twelve. Barrett Jones. the the major college football fans will remember him because he used to go on game day. He used to get interviewed and stuff like that. He was just a solid dude. He was like a kick-ass student. He was like hard-nosed. He was a really likable personality. Um, I remember this is when I like started to pretend to like Alabama just just (laughs) because of Barrett Jones. Like this was was a decent amount of time ago. Uh, It's honestly, it's my most recent player on my top five list. But he was just one of those guys that I really liked. Uh, One of those hard-working kids, uh, seemed really well-spoken, a a nice guy that you're rooting for on the field. Uh, We all know these guys. You're just rooting for him. You can't help but root for him, but he's the complete opposite of Johnny Manziel. (laughs) I don't know if Barrett Jones has ever touched alcohol
1: in his life. (laughs) He's respectable. Yeah, exactly. But just
0: a solid dude. Do Do you remember Barrett Jones at all?
1: I remember the name. I yeah, feel.
0: Barrett Jones. Alabama guard is probably the most unlikable guy, um, period, among
1: college football. But uh, that name, though, let's move forward. that name just screams Alabama guard. Barrett Jones.
0: Uh, you should look him up
1: and look at his face. I think I can already um, picture what he looks like.
0: Yeah, he looks like Shrek as a person. <laughs> that's a... Remember when Shrek becomes a man? Yeah, that's Barrett Jones.
1: <laughs> I'm looking him up right now, but yeah, you gotta take a peek at that number two. right that's exactly what I was expecting. I was expecting a little darker hair, but yes, that's that's who. That's him, but, man. Yep. That, that's a Bama guard,
0: two thousand eight to twenty twelve.
1: But uh, on to my number two. Um, this guy. I mean, I think this guy's probably on the top of a lot of people's top five when you think of college football players. Um. He was so electric, um, especially at this school, um, kind of a pre- prestigious school during this time, um, and that's Reggie Bush. Oh, damn it. Uh, he, I mean, just watching him run from sideline backwards 20 yards to the other sideline to the end zone flipping and diving, I mean, that was just fun to watch. He was so exciting um, to play with NCAA. Yeah, yeah, because he was so fast. He was so exciting to play with because he was like he was like a cheat code. Yeah, he was just so fast, just running, I mean, just bouncing everywhere. Uh, it if, was, you, if you watch those highlights, um,
0: if you watch those highlights from him playing throughout the years, they are incredible. Yeah, It looks like a video game.
1: Yeah, it really does. I mean, using, especially in that... Him in a video game. Yeah, in, in that... Uh, 30 for 30, the Trojan War. It's fun to watch that um, just because, I mean, you truly see up, up close and personal what he really was, and it's just, he was, was amazing.
0: He was my, he was on my list, so I'm going to have to change on the fly here. I usually have backups. I don't have backups. wasn't expecting. He is, he seriously uh, might be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. Period. But he's on everybody's list, for sure.
2: Right, So going forward with my... I'm going to have to switch
0: mine up here. Um, My number two is one that I don't think a lot of people remember or recall, but once you hear the name, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Especially uh, during these years, if you were playing West Virginia, uh, you were in for a treat. Pat White. Yes. West Virginia QB, 2005, 2008. Yep. Mike, he was one of these players... I get to see him in person, yeah, but it seemed like playing the Bearcats, obviously, uh, every year, but one of these players that, you felt like he was there every fucking year for 10 years. Yeah,
1: he, it did seem like he was, he was there, like, there for a while. like, is he
0: still fucking here? He was that good. Yeah. One of these players that just beat you up every year. You could be beating West Virginia by 40, and he still looks electric on the field. He did, yep. He was so exciting to watch. Like every time, just one of these players that you're not necessarily rooting for, but your eyes are glued to him on the field because he just never knew what he was gonna do. He was he had this like Vince Young, uh, Michael Vick esque yeah. feel on the yeah. field, but he still had this arm that was that was remarkable. Yeah. Uh, he was really exciting to watch and he whooped up on the Bearcats a lot. <laughs> Even if the Bearcats won. Still seemed like he whooped up on us. He yeah. played there. It's one, I one yeah. he played at West Virginia for 23 years. <laughs> which is um, unbelievable. Um, just one of those guys. Really exciting. Players that we loved for sure.
1: Number three. Alright, so number three. This is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I loved him. I They actually beat Ohio State in the national championship one year. So it was tough, but... He was just, and again, it's kind of like you just said. It was one of those guys that, like, just flies all over the field. He was hard hitting, and uh, just it sucked to lose to him, but it was still fun to watch him. Um, And that's Tyrone Bathew, the Honey Badger for LSU. Oh, my goodness. He was just, I mean, he was, I mean, and he's still, so exciting. He's still like that in the NFL, but uh, in college, he was just so fun to watch. He was like, the Reggie Bush of defense, just running around. I mean, it seemed like in every single tackle, he was in. He was a part of it, whether it was in the backfield or thirty yards downfield. He was, he was there, and he was hit. He was hitting you hard.
0: He was so exciting to watch uh, because it.
1: I mean, it seemed like he was three seconds faster than everybody yeah. in the field. Yeah, yeah, just three seconds faster. It seemed like he always knew what was coming. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he so was just. Fun to watch. He was always in the right day. spot. He was just right spot at the right time, but. He just he, he put himself in that spot. He wasn't just luck.
0: Yeah, not necessarily somebody that I would
1: recall right after bat. Yeah, uh, definitely wasn't on my list. I tried to do these lists uh, without looking anybody up. I really want mm-hmm. to try to recall. Who was That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another player that was seriously
0: so exciting, uh, similar, very similar, like electric speed, Vince Young. Yep,
1: I have. I he's on Vince my Young. list. Uh, on your list as well. Yep. Uh,
0: another one of these very similar to Pat White, except for um, Vince Young's running ability. He was a running back. He wasn't just going to beat you up and down the field. He was thick.
1: Speed. He was going to cross you up, yeah. jump
0: you, uh, spin, and throw in a fucking truck stick every now and again. <laughs> Seriously. He was, and what's really cool about Vince Young um, taking off from the pocket or even QB sneak anything is he was going to switch
2: sides of the field multiple times Mm -hmm. you don't see a quarterback period doing that uh and then obviously um everybody vince young
1: you immediately think spread to the end zone barely
0: gets the ball on through the pylon
1: Um, you think him and reggie bush those couple
0: yeah and even those couple plays um beyond the running ability where he would go out um send a pass down 30 (laughs) Forty yards, uh, and even the ones when he would catch them. Remember a few of those? Yeah. Um, just a lot of fun to watch. Definitely. And it's crazy to think Vince Young was not that long ago.
1: No, he really wasn't. Um, he...
0: No, wasn't all that long ago. It seems like he was, but wasn't that long. Um, and he would be sixty yards out and, and run it in. Yeah. yeah. He was. He was a lot of fun to watch. Moving forward to
1: number four. So my next one. Um... It's pretty recent. This is four. No. Yeah, 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 this is four. Um, My next one is going to be Tim Tebow. Um, You know, he just always seemed to be the guy, like just the guy that everyone was rallying behind and just always seemed to find a way to win. And uh, that was something I I loved watching. Um, One of my favorite videos is... uh, his speech at halftime of uh, one of the national championships. Um, just we're screaming, just getting everyone going, um, and then uh, also just seeing the picture of him when they played Florida State. He's got the red all over his jersey. Just something that I I always remember. Um, I I used to just love watching. Kind of lefty, kind of the big. It was, it was at the time it wasn't really, and still really isn't popular now. But kind of the thicker um, lefty, kind of. A lefty of the Vince Young type. Um, Not very quick, but still a running quarterback. Uh, Memorable. Yeah. Really memorable. Like, all together, not just, like, Has an on-field personality, but then off the field in the locker room. Right. um, Really
0: memorable, solid pick. Somebody that uh, definitely rings a bell, right? (laughs) No. Now, come on, Grant's really... Okay, um, I had to switch mine up. I had, to, I had to come up with one on the fly here uh, due to Reggie Bush being taken. Uh, I'm going with, and how could you ever forget? I mean, I remember the time Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime <laughs> in the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl? <laughs> I mean, do you fucking remember that? <laughs> That's um, a good one. Standing at a whopping five ten, 185 pounds, uh, from Jackson's Bayou. Louisiana, (laughs) the SCLSU middle linebacker, outside linebacker, most of the time middle linebacker, Bobby Boucher. Definitely a memorable uh, college athlete physically.
1: He might be one of the best um, of all time.
0: It's not somebody that we recall uh, with a great professional career. He really struggled at the combine. Uh, Not necessarily somebody that could understand all the drills at the (laughs) combine. Right. But Uh, You cannot ignore the quickness, uh, the explosiveness off the line, uh, the ability to do what was necessary on the field, uh, really memorable. Um, Highlight reel, just one of those guys that you kept your eye on on the opposite side of the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, Last one, correct?
1: Yeah, yep. We get to hear Ohio
0: State versus the University of Cincinnati.
1: That's right. So... My one of my favorite of all time um, quarterbacks, um, and just a great—he was a great player, but just—but <laughs> uh, he he just always seemed to play big, good in big games. He was a Heisman winner, um, just someone that I loved. And it was kind of around the time where um, I was old enough—I I was a little older—but you know, you start really getting into to the Michigan. Uh, game a little bit more you kind of start understanding things more and that's Troy Smith um, he was a dual wow. threat quarterback but I, I mean I just loved him um, he seemed to always bring the Buckeyes back if they were down um, just fun to watch wow that's really taking it back Yeah, and again wow. like, 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 like I said that's kind of when you really start kind of just understanding um, like like Falling in love with the game, I would say, and kind of really caring about watching the games instead of just, just running around outside or something. It's
0: not even that it was that long
1: ago. No. It's that Ohio State has had so many great quarterbacks. Right. And it seems like Smith
0: was so long ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what year did he win Heisman? 2004, 2005?
1: It might have been six. I I, say. I I think so because that's when they lost to LSU so and the not, Honey Badger in uh, the uh, national championship. That's not too long ago, but, no. uh it just really feels like it was because there's so many great quarterbacks, but yeah.
0: Troy Smith's one of those guys. Even as an Ohio State hater, hater being that young, I was like bred to be anti anti Ohio State. It's just a name you remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not necessarily any play that I recall or anything like that, but that was a great pick.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know,
0: my player was a lot better uh, and on the other side of the ball. This is a player that nobody's going to know. Um, seriously, nobody's going to know who this is. But he was my favorite player. I actually got, um, humble brag, I got the Orange Bowl edition jersey of this player, the official jersey. Uh, this was right after uh, I caught the cancer. Right after I caught the cancer and beat the shit out of that. A rookie Nakamura. University of Cincinnati Safety from 2005 to 2008, this dude was a black belt. Um, on the field, he looked like he was about 5'5".
1: I know a, that name, pounds. but I don't know if I know um, it because of you. Uh, probably. I, would, I mentioned him a lot.
0: Seriously, the smallest dude on the field, wreck your shit. Uh, number 13, that jersey was incredible to wear because everybody knew who he was at the time. Uh, really exciting, not to mention his professional career, kind of an exciting professional career and and continues to battle with the NFL over concussion protocol which Mm -hmm. is really cool, but Haruki Nakamura is my most memorable player at UC do you think I was going with Tony
1: Pike? I was going to say that um, but I do remember that name now that you say it Um, I'm sure it's from you talking about him yeah, Haruki Nakamura uh, all time favorite UC player I was going to say Pike or Benz yeah, um Pike
0: to Benz. Benz is gonna be the name of my dog. You remember that? Yeah. That would have been um embarrassing. I got Pike to Benz my I got two Pike to Benz bobbleheads just staring at me here. School record, twelve wins, BCS bowl appearance, big East Champs, no big deal. All back to back. Perfect season in two thousand nine. Humble. Deal. Humble. But yeah. Um let's look ahead to our final segment of this episode, fantasy football. Uh, we don't have anything to talk about with fantasy football, but we're just kind of going to announce that me and the King Shitty Takes will be facing off in college and NFL fantasy football 1v1 all season. But the big announcement for this segment is our punishments. We are each going to list our two punishments, and then we're going to kind of decide on them. Maybe we'll do both of them. I kind of like both of them. So whoever wins at the end. Um, how are we going to do this with – Splitting it College and NFL Let's do Your first punishment is college Second punishment is NFL So if you win both You don't have to do either But if you win college lose NFL You gotta do the second punishment Okay So
1: I've only thought of one so far I couldn't think of a good A great one That I I wanted to go with So I have one so far I will have another by next by surprise Yeah Well I'll try to have another by next episode For sure
0: Oh so you're ill prepared Once again.
1: (laughs) No. I just couldn't think of too many good ones.
0: I think mine are excellent. So. Let's hear it. Number one for me, college. This is my college punishment. If I beat you, uh, you have to carry this out. I would like for you to take the ACT. (sighs) (laughs) As long as you're not dealing with any COVID issues or... (laughs) You know the pandemic's kind of under control, and I'm not putting your your life, and your your health. They're not in
1: doing the ACT anymore. Like
0: you have to take the ACT,
1: dude. Uh, I know, I you know you know how many know. better don't things I. Me. You know how many better things I could be doing, on a Saturday morning. No,
0: I don't. No, I don't. Um, but yeah, I take the ACT. You're lucky I'm not making you get a score, of some kind. Would that be brutal? I don't really care. You're lucky.
1: Um, what's your number one? You got big things to top here. <laughs> You're gonna love it. Oh God! So, if I beat you, we'll say for two months. <clears throat> oh boy, for two months, um, you have to on your car on the license plate. You get a little uh thing around it with Ohio State. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck you. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Okay, well I gotta win college. <laughs> you you better.
0: Oh, that's not gonna fly. My mom's gonna, my mother's gonna throw a fit. No. She's gonna hack my car.
1: Well, she should have raised a better fancy football player. Oh.
0: Okay, this next one because he couldn't figure it out in the last episode. Number two, for the NFL, you have to sing the intro song to our podcast for an entire month. Entire month? Entire month. So two episodes a week for a month, you're singing the intro song. All you right. can pick the song. All
1: right.
0: And it can be, but it's got to be a different song every time, just like it is with our episodes, and you're singing it. You're singing the intro. All so right. So I'm going to do my electric intro that everybody loves, sing the intro song, boom, we start. All right. And Plank's gonna do something with that voice because we'll lose listeners (laughs) as they hear it.
1: We'll auto-tune it. That would be yo, that'd be sweet, Plank. Plank, if we can do that,
0: (laughs) that would be dope. That's all we have for you. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We hope we could bring you some exciting takes, content, despite little headlines outside of obviously the NCAA. Join us Monday for another exciting episode. As always, stay safe. Be healthy.
1: Keep those feet moving.
0: Plank takes out. See, everything's gonna be home. All-
1: Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay. Dude, stop. <laughs>
0: I really, half the time I can't hear you. I don't know what's going on, but
2: let's fucking get this thing going.